Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. starting with verse number 29 this morning. The Bible says these words, and it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, There was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people, that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. Just skipping down to verse 30, 39. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because there because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Amen. Uh, This morning, I like to minister this, and whenever I say this, I mean to say it just as I say it. Leave yesterday behind. Leave yesterday behind. It's not a typo. I asked for it to be particularly like that. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, that you're able to help us, Lord, in this service. God, we're thankful, God, for your people. We're thankful, God, for the worship. We're thankful, Lord God, for every voice and every mind and every ear, Lord, that is lending itself here today. I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, you're able to help us, Lord. God, let your word, God, shine enlightenment, Lord Jesus, in our lives, Lord. And we know, God, that we will be made better, Lord, by the word of God. Lord, before we leave this place this morning, let needs, God, be met. God, let there be a spirit of your anointing, God, that would just come down in this place and touch each and every one of us. God, that we'd be mindful, Lord, of your will and your purpose, Lord jesus in this place this morning and we'll give you the honor and the praise for it in jesus name i pray amen everyone say amen amen Amen. you may be seated this morning lovely name of the lord leave easter day behind amen this morning life life is lived in a forward motion there are no really any do-overs in this life that we live Although that we may wish that there were some days that we could start all over, the reality of the fact is this, that that is impossible. And since we must continue on in this thing called life, we are met every day with decisions about what we're going to leave behind that was in our yesterday. It would be impractical for that matter to carry everything from day to day continuing on into our tomorrow because we would accumulate so much it would be an impossibility to do so too much to carry too much to keep track of as a matter of fact in essence part 
of moving on is consciously leaving some things behind. Uh, for instance, becoming married in a sense is leaving behind our nurturing family unit that we have had since birth and then cleaving to our spouse and to a new family unit as it were. Day to day, year to year, we leave things behind and only the items that we deem truly valuable to ourselves or important to ourselves are taken along with us for the next leg of the journey. Leaving isn't always easy. Amen. Neither is being left. Amen. Uh, sometimes there are a custom or attachment that we got to leave behind or that must be left in order to see something that is better that is still ahead of us. Certain achievements that we wish to attain demands that we got to count some losses along the way. The Bible says that Abraham was called of God out of Ur of Chaldees, which was his native land, the land that he had grown up in. He had been called out of that place by God to go on a journey to an unknown destination. He was asked to leave everything that was familiar to him. He was asked to leave everything, uh, his nurturing part of his family unit behind. Everything that he had become known uh, to and that had known him, he had to travel now into the unknown. I, I rest assured today that that was probably very difficult for Abraham, that that was not done without some internal conflict within himself or perhaps a little lingering doubt in the back portion of his mind. Because what we leave and what we keep has a lot to do with what we value. What we're willing to leave behind and what we're willing to keep alongside of us, amen, has a lot to do with what we place emphasis on or what we hold important to our lives. The Bible says concerning Ruth that she pleaded with her mother-in-law, Naomi, that she would not ask her to leave her mother-in-law, would not ask her to leave her side. While her sister Ophrah, the Bible says, whenever Naomi said, I'm going on, the Bible says that Orpah left and went back to her people and back to her gods. But Ruth vowed that she would not leave Naomi. Evidently, she deemed her relationship with Naomi of greater importance than relationship that she had had with the former people and with the former gods. The Bible says, though, Elijah told Elisha to tarry at various towns, stay here, I'm going on, that Elisha could not leave him until he was unable to follow him no more. Elisha, the Bible says, was left behind when Elijah finally went something went somewhere by virtue of chariots and horses of fire, amen, into the clouds until he finally left him somewhere that he could not follow him. Amen. Oftentimes, whenever we went, go on trips as the McGee family, talking about me and my wife and our two kids, there's been times that we've been packing the van and uh, we go back and the kids have been packing too and that's always interesting. Go back to the van and where is the floor? Where are the seats that they're supposed to be sitting in? They have brought everything except the mattress out of their room. It is full. And we've let that slide a few times. They got everything in there. I mean, everything. They got everything for 
for every season in there. It does not matter. And so we let that slide maybe once or twice, but I could only do that once or twice. And so now we give the ultimatum. Uh, whenever we are going on trips, they got to choose. They got to choose. You got to, you got to either choose one item or you got to leave this other item that you're wanting to take. You got to leave it behind. You cannot take both. Something has to be left behind. If you're going to take something with you, that's fine. But you're going to have to leave something behind. And so whatever they take with them is what they deem valuable to them. That's what they're not willing to part with for a couple days. That's what's going to go on our trip. As a matter of fact, sometimes my wife and I go on trips and we leave the kids at home. Now, not home alone, mind you, but we leave the kids at home back at the house because they're not mature enough to handle where we're headed. They're not mature enough to handle where we're going. We, we leave other things at times behind because they wouldn't endure the trip. The things We don't bring certain things because they're just too fragile. They wouldn't endure the trip that we're going on. Or there's other things we would leave behind because they would hinder us from, from our objective, from what we're going to do. And oftentimes we must leave yesterday behind. The Bible says that upon leaving Egypt, that the children of Israel, they took their flocks and they took their herds and they took their kneading troughs and they even took their dough before it was leavened. Now bread, I don't know how you are, but around our table growing up, dad wasn't gonna have a meal unless there was a loaf of bread on the table. Uh, he decided every meal that he had, he was gonna at least have a piece of bread. That's the way that he lived life. And bread was just an essential part of food around the McGee table. As a matter of fact, the art of bread making is a, is a very ancient art. Amen. And bread being mentioned as early in Genesis, speaking and talking about bread. Oftentimes a traveler would take a loaf of bread with them and they would cut a little slit in the bread and put other food in there, maybe little berries or little grapes or other portions of food inside of that slit that they made in the bread, creating a little pocket or a little purse to carry other food items along with them. And so as a result of that, the word bread was generically used for any type of food because it was used to carry all other types of food for a person that was on a journey. As a matter of fact, during the days of old, bread didn't serve as a supplement to the meal. Amen. It didn't serve as a supplement to other food, but other foods were a supplement to the bread. The bread was the main staple. As a mainstay of life, bread had come to be known as, as a metaphor for life, a metaphor for sustenance. If you had bread, then you had exactly what you had need of. Unleavened bread, though, unleavened bread was the exception to leavened bread. Bread in and of itself, mentioned throughout all scripture, denoted leavened bread or bread that had yeast in it. Bread that was caused to rise. Amen. All throughout scripture, when you read a bread, it is leavened bread. And so whenever it's not leavened, scripture particularly denotes it's unleavened bread. And so you have this thing in bread called yeast or leaven, if you will. In modern bread making, a person can go and buy a little packet of yeast and they can put that in their water and their flour and they can mix it together and it'll cause their bread to rise. But back in the olden days, they would use a lump of leftover dough. 
in order to create the leaven, if you will, the souring, the rising agent for their next loaf of bread that they would make in the future. They'd allow that lump to ferment and they would allow it to get acidic and they would use that lump of previous, a lump of the previous dough, of the previous bread and let that be the leaven for their following bread. Well, the Bible tells us that Pharaoh banished Israel from Egypt. They left in a rush. This is what they'd been longing for for years and years to be released from Egyptian bondage and they were on the verge of being released. And so they left in a rush and they did not have any opportunity to use any leaven or use any yeast in preparing their brand. Moses has told them, we're going to eat the Passover. Make sure you eat it with your garment on, girded. Have the shoes on your feet, your rod in your hand because we don't know the hour that all this is going to take place. you got to be ready to go. And after Passover, he told them, we're going to hold a feast for seven days of unleavened bread. There's not going to be any leaven. There's not going to be any yeast. It's just going to be old flat bread. It's not going to rise. He said, we're going to do this for seven days. And he says, if you eat any leaven, you're going to be cut off from the people. Even if a stranger does it or one that was born in the land does it, you're going to be cut off from your people. And so they would observe these festivals each year and remember that they were brought out of Egypt. That's what this was all for, that they could remember that God had delivered them from Egypt. And so as they would carry out the feast in future years, whenever it came time for the festival of unleavened bread, they'd sweep the house, make sure no leaven's there. They would make sure there was no leaven in their bread. They would make sure there was no leaven in their area where they lived or along their coast because leaven had a negative, as it were, connotation with it. Can someone say amen? Just, I just, we'll just go on here for a little walk right now. Whenever we were kids, my mom made what was known Herman bread. Herman bread, otherwise known as friendship bread or sourdough bread. Every Sunday we had Herman bread. And what happened was somebody gave her what was called a starter. You got the starter from a friend, the friendship bread. And the starter was the modern day leaven. The starter was the modern day yeast. She would have that, that, that lump that was from somebody else's dough in her house. And she'd have it in a little tray and she would keep it sometimes in the refrigerator. Sometimes she'd let it set out. But what you did with that through the process of the week, you would keep that leaven alive. And the way that you kept the leaven alive, you, you put other things in there. I think sometimes some milk and sometimes some water and flour. I don't know everything you put in there. But you kept that yeast alive in that starter by constantly feeding it. You had to feed the leaven in order to keep it alive. Or it would not do what you wanted it to do for your bread. I read articles and some fed theirs daily. Others fed their starters weekly. But it'll stay alive and active as long as you keep on 
feeding it. As a matter of fact, they said there were some batches, if you will, of friendship bread or starters, if you will, leaven. There's some batches of starter that's been around for decades because one person handed it down to another person. And after they got theirs, they handed it down to another person. And they got theirs so this thing could go on and on, household to household, generation to generation. It could go for years and years having this leaven or this starter, amen, for making bread, amen. The starter, as a matter of fact, gives the bread a distinctive taste. Yeah. From my learning and understanding, sourdough starters are different everywhere. That bread, friendship bread here might not taste like friendship bread in San Francisco. Just, just walk with me here just for a moment. Because with all of this, it was based upon whatever yeast and bacteria that was in the air that helped ferment or make that starter acidic. And so we have different yeast and bacteria in our air than what they do in another state. But it is whatever the surroundings or environment that it was in that would give the flavor to the bread. Someone say amen. And so it depended upon where you live. It could even change just over a distance of a few miles. If you had a starter, the flavor could be somewhat different. It was all according to the surroundings and the environment that affected the flavor of the bread. But the word of the Lord that came to the children of Israel that were living in the region and the area of Egypt was this. Moses says, whenever we leave boys, he says, we're not taking, listen to me, we're not taking anything from Egypt and putting it into our bread. We're not taking anything of the old life. We're not taking anything of our history. We're not taking anything of our past as a starter for the bread that we're going to make whenever we leave on this journey. We're not going to allow the fermentation of years gone by or the acidity of years go by somehow flavor Oh, somebody hear me right now because I believe in certain episodes people are living a constant cycle of life and they are taking old past and old histories and they're putting it into some new bread and it is flavoring the bread of their today from the lump of leaven of yesterday and they're breaking that down and they're allowing it to get fermented and acidic and they got some old problems from their past that they're just needing and working back in their present bread but I come to Tell somebody on this Sunday morning, sometimes you got to leave your Easter days goodbye and leave them behind. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying this. The bread that was made in Egypt had a certain flavor because the yeast and the leaven came from Egypt, from that surroundings, from that environment that affected the flavor of the bread. You get the children of Israel in the promised land and the bread's not gonna taste like it once tasted whenever it was in Egypt because you have a different surroundings. But if you're taking part of Egypt and trying to work it in the promised land's bread, Someone say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Folks, let's just leave it in our yesterday. Let's leave some bygones just as bygones in our yesterday. I don't want to keep the flavor of my bread just because I'm still using, amen, a little history or a little past from my life of yesteryear. I don't understand, Brother McGee. I still fighting the same things. I'm tasting the same things. The taste hasn't changed any. It's because you're using the leaven and you're working it into your today bread. That's the reason why Moses said, boys, we're going to have unleavened bread. This thing's not going to rise, but it neither will it have the flavor of what Egypt had. Neither will it have the flavor of those old slime pits that you worked in. Neither will it have the flavor of the bondage that you've known for 400 years. We're going to have some unleavened bread. In the name of Jesus, someone say yeah. The only reason why some of us has been able to work the leaven of Egypt into our life is because we've kept the starter alive. We fed it every day, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. We fed it just to make sure there's a lump from our past we can work into our future. Honey, if you don't want that to take place, stop feeding the starter. Stop feeding the lump. Stop feeding the yeast. Stop feeding the leaven. And you won't have anything to work into the bread. Amen of your future. Someone say amen. Amen. Keep it alive. I'm finding some people's lives that they're dealing with things generations ago. And what it is, one generation has befriended you so well that they've passed some things down to you and you've worked it into your family's life. And you've worked it into your personality. And you've worked it into your disposition. And it shows up again. It tastes just like mama's used to taste. I tell you why. You're using the same leaven mom used. Someone say amen. It had a distinctive taste according to where it was brought But unleavened bread, unleavened bread doesn't have a history. That's brought in with its creation. It don't have a history. Therefore, it's a new lump. It's not using any material of the past. It's a new lump. It's free, if you will. See, that, that, that starter, the fermentation, the acidity, all that is, it was denoting corruption. There was a decaying process that was taking place in the pan. In actuality, that's what's taking place with fermentation. There's a corruptiveness. There's a decaying that takes place. Whenever you made unleavened bread, hey man, you were free from the curse of previous decay. You are free from the curse of a previous corruption. This was clean. This was pure. This was unaltered. Hallelujah. Because leavening represents our connection with our past life. Amen. Another way to say this is that unleavened bread represents an abrupt cutoff from our past. 
the reason why we hear some of the Israelites say, Moses, why can't we go back to Egypt? Why can't we have the food of Egypt? Why can't we have the homes of Egypt? Why can't we have everything we had in Egypt? I tell you what the problem was. Someone snuck in some leaven somewhere. Someone grabbed some of their past and worked it into their modern day brand. I'm here to tell you today, the only way that you can truly have any freedom as a new lump, as it were, in Christ Jesus is to create some unleavened bread. Don't work your past into that. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be what? A new lump as ye are unleavened for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. He says, therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth Paul said we're not using old leaven because old leaven will give us the same old taste old leaven will give us the same old things to contend with old leaven will give us the same old difficulties and the same old problems he says let us have a new lump let us have something that's not been tainted not been stained, not been corrupted and let's make some unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let's start anew. Let's start afresh. Let's start over. Someone say amen. Got to leave yesterday behind. Because what you take into your tomorrow is what you're deeming is valuable in your life. What you're taking into your tomorrow is what you're deeming is important to your life. You'd rather leave other things behind than some other things. Why? Because it denotes how attached you are to them or perhaps how attached they are to you. But in this Christian walk every day that we live, we're making choices of what to leave here and what to take with us what to say no to and what to say yes to in this Christian walk even sometimes not knowing where we're headed we got to somehow sometimes leave the familiar in the past leave the familiar behind us we got to somehow get a connection amen to that which is still yet before us we got to be like our kids on those trips we got to let them know it's either this or it's that but you can't take both with you it's either the truck or it's the game you can't take both with you and somebody's got to make a choice what am I going to leave behind and what am I going to take with you I'm here to tell you today at least in my opinion whenever it concerns my kids more than not they'll be willing to take something new rather than something that they've had for a long time I'm challenging somebody today let go of the old let go of the corrupt let go of the heartache let go of that which has plagued your family for generations and somehow grab the new harness what God still has ahead of you someone say amen it's the very substance of life it's your, it's your sustenance it is, it is a symbol of what your life is all about or you can choose to live through life always taken from the previous week's dough the previous week's yeast and mix it in anew into some fresh bread. That bread's fresh. 
The flower's fresh, the milk, the water, all of it's fresh. The only way it can be contaminated is from something that is old. And that's what you bring with you, the leaven into the process. God was so determined concerning this concept of leaven, the acidic, the fermented, that which was from the previous week's bread, that he said, whenever you come into the tabernacle of the Lord, he says, I forbid there being any leavened bread in all the offerings that you make unto me by fire. I'm not accepting leavened bread. So the only way that there's ever any leavened bread accepted is if it's going to be consumed by the priest. He said, but if it's going to be placed up on the altar where the fire is that I initially started, Fire was a representation of God himself. If it's going to be something that I consume, he says, I don't want any leaven in it. Let it be unleavened bread. He says, I don't want those things of everything from yesteryear and gone by in it. He says, I want unleavened bread. Amen. Up on my altar and I'll partake of it. Notice what Paul said. Paul said, he said that he'll make you a new lump if you don't use the old leaven. He says, ye are unleavened, he said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he said, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. It was after the Passover that there was this feast of seven days of unleavened bread. And according to modern day standards, unleavened bread has a special way that it's made now so that it does not become leavened bread. Unleavened bread has what they call stripes that are put upon the dough before it is baked. And it is pierced through with holes in the bread. And the rabbis, their reason for having it made like this is because the bread will cook fast, they say. From start to finish, they say they can have bread baked in about 18 minutes whenever they do it this way. And so 18 minutes would be the amount of time to prepare and cook this unleavened bread in such a fashion that it keeps any yeast or any leaven out of it. Amen. And what really happened in all this, folks, if I may draw a parallel, Christ came in the New Testament and he said, I am the bread of life. Unleavened bread, according to the rabbis, Stripes were put on it. Isaiah 53 and 5 said, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He said in 1 Peter 2, 24, who, speaking of Jesus, his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Unleavened bread had holes that was in it. They were pierced through. Zechariah 12, 10 said, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. The New, the New Testament writer said in John 19, 37, speaking of that scripture, that they shall look on him, Jesus, whom they had pierced. Unleavened bread didn't have a history in it. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, 
but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He said that he bore the sins of many. It was everybody else's sin, not his. But the Bible says he was without sin unto salvation. A perfect picture of that unleavened bread, amen, is found in the man Christ Jesus. The unleavened bread had stripes. It was pierced through and it was without leaven. Christ had stripes. He was pierced through and he was without leaven. What are you saying today then, Brother McGee? I'm saying you don't have to have a history in order to have new bread. You don't have to have a past in order to have new bread. If you find it in the Lord, he he is your bread of life and you don't have to have no former self in order to mix in with that. You don't have to have anything of your past in order to mix in with that. He's good all by himself without any other additive. Without any other additive. So sometimes we gotta leave our yesterday behind. Some would say amen. Christ doesn't need an outside agent. That bread, unleavened bread, was sometimes called the bread of affliction. It's not of affliction because it was unleavened, but it is unleavened because it had been born out of affliction. In other words, since the Jews had no time to prepare their bread with leaven on account of their afflictions, on account of a death angel that was passing through, on account of them making ready the Passover and eating it with their families and keeping the door closed and putting the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost. As a result of their affliction, having no time to prepare bread, then having no time to rise, there was unleavened bread. Amen. It wasn't given to them so much so that they would remember, amen, their bondage, but remember the deliverance from their bondage, thus being unleavened. They would remember their bondage if it was leavened bread because their past would still be worked in that. The slime pits making bricks without straw would still be worked in that. The taste would have been the same as it formerly had been. But this was to remind them of their deliverance from Egypt. And their deliverance from Egypt means this. In my present life, there's no more Egypt to work into that. For in my present life, there's no more bricks of straw or without straw that I'm work I've seen Christians frustrate themselves for years because they were constantly working the dough of yesteryear's bread into this setting into their now age they were working generations generations some people you call them generational curses they're working all of that into their now Today, bread. But folks, God's wanting you to make it unleavened. He wants to remind you of your deliverance. You don't have to be tethered to your past. You don't have to be tethered to your past. Your bread doesn't have to taste like your mom and dad's bread tasted. Your bread doesn't have to taste like your former life tasted 
for that matter, it shouldn't. It should get to the place it begins to taste less and less than like it used to taste. Why? Because your surroundings and your environment should be different now than what it was then. And the surroundings and environments is going to flavor your brain. You'll stand with me this morning. Pastor, leaving isn't always easy. Didn't say it would be. But as I started today, sometimes there's customs or there's attachments that you got to leave in order to see something. Sometimes you got to let go of some things in order to grab a hold of some other things. You ever been in a situation your hands was full and I brought in groceries before and my kids say, hey, carry this for me. I'm saying, look at me. I don't have another hand or appendage or something sticking out of me that I can carry anything on. Carry it yourself. Because in order for me to carry that, I'm going to have to let something go. We find ourselves at a similar threshold sometimes. God says, I got this for you. And you're saying, well, God, I got this that I'm carrying. He's saying, yeah, but what I got is a whole lot better than what you're carrying. You've not just deciphered the difference yet. And whenever you decipher the difference, you'll leave yesterday behind, drop it, and you'll grab what he has. And he'll bring a new flavor. Or continue in life carrying the same bags you always carry bypassing everything that he's offering because you're too attached or what you're carrying is too attached to you. Live the same cycle. Experience the same experiences. Deal with the same difficulties because you're willing to keep these things that you deem right now valuable as always valuable and never willing to let go. We bow our heads in this place today. You know, Pastor, I'm just not where, I'm not really where I want to be. Again, folks, sometimes getting there demands you to count losses other places. I wish someone, I hope, I hope that somehow I'm getting through to somebody today. God is asking for us to start preparing some unleavened bread. You got some things from the past, leave them there. Don't work that into where you're at right now. You got some problems, difficulties, sin, whatever it may be of the past that you've always, you've always found a spot to work it in. And it's always been alive because you've always kept it fed. And it's been active and ready when you wanted it to work it into the new batch of life-sustaining bread that you're at, stage you're at right now. I'm asking you this morning, push back that pan let it become putrid where it's worthless and not good for anything. And let's make some unleavened bread. Let's get out some fresh water, some fresh flour, some, some fresh milk. Let's get out some fresh ingredients. Let's travel a distance away from the surroundings and the environment that we have found ourselves in. Let's, let's travel away from that and let's prepare some bread. Whew. 
Let's prepare some bread. Let's need some dough. Those Israelites said, we'll take our herds and we'll take our flocks. But something else we're not going to leave behind. We're not going to leave our kneading troughs because that's, that's essential to life. And we're not going to leave the dough that hasn't been leavened. We're taking the unleavened dough with us. Because whenever we get outside of Egypt, we're going to make some bread with a different flavor. We're going to make some bread with a different taste because we're going to have a new surrounding. We're going to have a new environment. And it's going to bring something fresh and anew in our life. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this place this morning that would come to an altar prayer? And say- Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.